word this morning if we could. And we're going to go to a really easy book to find, Genesis chapter number 1 and verse number 1. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 1. That'll be one we can all find fairly easy. It's always kind of tough when you're at a church and you can't find the book, isn't it? I always get kind of embarrassed when you're flipping through there trying to find where is that book at, and this is an easy one to find. I hate it when I turn to a book and the pages are stuck together because people think you haven't read your Bible. Oftentimes, so here's what it is. Let me go ahead and tell you. If you ever hear me open up a page and it's stuck together, it's because sometimes I'll preach with a cough drop in my mouth, and when you're spitting, yes, preachers spit. God bless you people on the front row. The preacher's preaching, he is spitting, and when you have that cough drop spit, I know you wanted to hear this before I preach, it sticks the pages together. And so every once in a while, if you hear me open up my Bible, and it does that, it's not because I haven't read my Bible, it's because I had a cough drop in my mouth the last time I preached out of that. I know some of you have probably talked about me on the way home on Sunday. That preacher opened up his Bible, and I heard the pages were still stuck together. He must never read it. No, it's cough drop spit, so now you know, and you'll leave here knowing something you didn't when you came. If anything, you've got that this morning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, if you're there, let's stand together and on the ring of God's word. Good to see everybody here. Good to see visitors here today. Glad to have several uh, folks visiting with us. Uh, glad to have Brother Thatch and his family with us. I think today's your birthday, correct? Brother Thatch turns 29 again, and he doesn't look a day over 28. Glad to have him here with us today. I think he turned 70. Thank God for longevity. And the Lord bless him with a long life. Tremendous blessing with, uh, to me and my family. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the beginning, God. It's always good to start at the beginning with God. Amen. The Bible says, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Boy, we could preach on that for months, uh, but we don't have but a few minutes before you've got to get to the drive-through, so let's stop and pray and ask God to give us what we need in this. Father, thank you today for the opportunity to come. Thank you, Father, for the good crowd. Thank you for our visitors that have come and joined us today to worship, but we're so blessed to have them. Thank you for the great week we've had, the week of renewal, and Lord, thank you for working in that. It wasn't just a time to meet, but Lord, it was a time we got to meet with you. Thank you for meeting with us. I pray you worked in the service again today. There's one lost. Help them to see their need for Christ. Help them to trust Christ today. And Father, I pray that you would stir our hearts. Lord, as we near, Lord, the end of this era, it seems like, I pray we'd be challenged, Lord, to do your will, uh, Lord, a more fervent way today before you return, for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I was in Walmart, I think it was Thursday, maybe Friday, and I saw something that startled me. Now, to be honest with you, that's not the first time I've been to Walmart and been startled. Uh, I've been to Walmart many times, uh, particularly if you go after 10 o'clock. Uh, you know, the crazies come out at 10 o'clock. I've been in there at 10 o'clock. I've been one of the crazies before, and that's where a lot of the uh, weirdos seem to start to come out of the woodwork uh, walking around Walmart. But I was in Walmart the other day. It was daytime with my wife, and we had gone to get our pumpkin stuff so we could bake our dishes for tonight, and you're going to have to be here to find out what it is. So there's another plug commercial for that. And anyway, as I rounded the corner at the frozen foods, I saw something that scared me to death. Have you ever seen those ride-on floor cleaners? 
The guy drives around Walmart, got that neat little golf cart looking thing that drives around and it cleans the floors, gets some nice and polished. So when you're walking around, it's a nice clean store. Appreciate the guys who do that. But there was a ride-on floor cleaner headed in my direction, but no one was behind the wheel. I kid you not. The seat was empty. There was no hands on the steering wheel. And it appeared that we had a runaway floor cleaner on the frozen food aisle at Walmart right here on Highway 49. Now, being the deductive thinker that I am, I began to come up with a hypothesis of what was going on. The first one that I came up with, that evidently the driver, the pilot of such a craft had been carjacked. And it's somewhere along the lines of the aisles, the little Debbies or on the frozen foods, there was a guy being held hostage and his floor cleaner was running uh, runaway without someone on that. That was my first hypothesis. My second was that the driver was going along about his life and his daily business there cleaning the floors and began to reflect upon his life and begin to realize that the government would pay him more to stay home and not work than to keep working. And so he just decided to get off the thing and left it running. And it was just going down the aisle there on the frozen foods. The third hypothesis I come up with that possibly this was an automated machine that maybe it was learning how to do its job all by itself. Now look, it had a seat and it had a steering wheel. So I honestly was afraid that surely someone had fallen off somewhere and was lying on the floor and couldn't get up and was in need of help because this machine was just tracking on its way by itself. Matter of fact, I even stopped and did what every American would do. Rather than look for the guy that was hurting, I decided to video it. I have a video for you here to show you the proof this morning that I'm not lying to you. Right there along the frozen food aisle at Walmart, there it goes. There it goes. I honestly thought we had a runaway floor cleaner, unmanned, uh, going up and down the aisles there at Walmart. Now, he said, where are you going with all of that? I'm sure you're curious. As I looked at that machine, that machine really described how I feel about our world right now. I don't know if you're paying attention to the world we're living in, but it kind of feels like we're on a runaway train, doesn't it? Kind of feels like we're on board that floor cleaner and there's no one behind the wheel. Because everywhere you look in our world right now, everything's a mess, isn't it? It's hard to look at just about any area or aspect of our life here in the United States of America, even around the world, it's not a mess. You look at our gas prices, they're through the roof. Our economy is a mess. The world laughs at our administration. National security has never been lower and softer than it is right now. On top of that, LSU is going to have a losing season And it appears Coca-Cola has not answered my petition to bring back the real Coke Zero that they replaced with this stuff that they call Coke Zero that I think is really Pepsi. Our world is genuinely this morning in a mess. It's in a mess. Now, if you zoom out just a little bit and look at the entire world and the chaos that we're in, if you look at the big picture of the world that we're living in now, it reminds us of another world that was in a mess, and it's the world we just read about in Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter uh, verse 1 and verse number 2. You say, what do you mean by that? Look at verse 2. Look at how God describes this early world, if you will. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now understand, God had created this world but he had not moved upon it yet. 
All right. What we're looking at here is a world that has been created, but it is just this massless blob, if you will, that God has not brought to life just yet. What we're reading about in verse number two is literally a world that God has not placed his hand on yet. It is without form, it is void, and it is darkness. Now, there's five words I want you to see in verse number two. They are very, very important. The first Five words of verse 2 describe that world and it describes our world. Notice what it says. And the earth was without. And the earth was without. Now, we're looking at a world that's void, it has no shape, and it sits in darkness. Why? Because it's a world that is without. Now, you look at our world today. We're living in a world with, without form. We're living in a world of void. We're living in a world of darkness. We're living in a world that is literally without God. Now, the world we see in Genesis chapter 1 is a world that God created, but his hands were not on yet. That's why it was in the shape it's in. And yet, look at the world today. The world's in a mess. The world is void. The world is darkness. Do you know why? Because we're living in a world without God. God's hands are not on this thing right now. The reason the world's in the shape it's in is because man has placed its hands on what God has created. We always seem to make a mess of things, don't we? Can I tell you those five words, and the earth was without, and you see it's without form, it's void and darkness. That's not just a world without God. Verse number two describes your marriage without God. Without form, void, and darkness. Verse 2 describes your children without God, without form, void, and in darkness. Verse number 2 describes our nation without God. It's without form, it's void, and it sits in darkness. Now folks, understand this this morning. This is not something we voted on. You see, how did America become a country that is without form and void and darkness? How did we get there? We didn't vote on it. You see, the way that you get a world that is void and without form and in darkness is when you have hearts that are without form and void and darkness. We didn't vote in this darkness on a national ballot. We voted in every day that we choose to live without God. We are the authors of the mess that we're living in right now. Now, for too long, we have been like this world in verse 2. We've had a hands-off policy. Do you know when you choose to live without Verse 2, and the earth was without. When you choose to live without God, God, I don't want you to put your hands on my life. God, I don't want you to mess up my ambitions in life and what I desire to do. When you choose to live without and you tell God, hands off, oftentimes my wife will be cooking something. You know, last night she was cooking cornbread and all these things for lunch and she's getting ready and I'll go in there and I just want to try a piece of it. She was making these truffles for the Pumpkin Fellowship tonight, and I just wanted to try a piece of it. And she comes in, hands off. Why? Because usually when I mess with it, I mess it up. So she says, hands off. You know, we do that to God, don't we? God, I have my world. God, I have things the way that I like it and I want it. God, keep your hands off. And you know what the result is? We are without form, we're void, and we're in darkness. Now, folks, there's something to learn from this world in verse number two. We need to see this morning exactly what happens to a world without God. And that's the message this morning. 
What we're looking at in verse 2 is a world without God. All right? God hasn't got his hand upon it yet. It's without form, it's void, and it sits in darkness. Now, understand this. Verse 2 will describe your world if you're not careful. Verse 2 will describe your home and your children. Verse 2 will describe this nation. Verse 2 will describe our lives this morning if we choose to be a Christian or a lost person without God. Now, let's look at these three things in verse number 2. Let's see exactly what a world without God looks like. The Bible says, verse 2, and the earth was without form. Without form. Now, what does that mean? God spoke it into existence. We know that, but it was just there. It was just there. It was shapeless. The Bible says it was a formless mass. Now, watch this. It's existing, but it's existing without God. Now, this is important. Without God, this mass that is there has zero hope of becoming anything else. Without God, this world that was created in verse 2 is going to be without form, it's going to remain in void, and it's going to remain in darkness. There's no expectation of it becoming anything else. That's the first thing I want you to see this morning. Notice it existed without expectation. This world, in verse number two, was in existence, but it existed without expectation. Now, if God doesn't move upon it, do you know what's going to happen? It's going to stay as is. If God doesn't do something to this mass that is there, it's going to exist, but it has no expectation of becoming anything else. Do you know the world we're living in now? You look at this world and how beautiful it is. I mean, somebody was telling me from out of town, I think it was Brother Ray, riding up and down the, the road, he goes, man, just beautiful around here. Like pine trees? He goes, yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful. I guess I underestimate the beauty of pine trees. He just loves the pine trees. He says, where I'm from, we don't have all this. I'm like, you have redwoods and mountains and oceans. He said, it's just beautiful. You know, you look at this world we're living in, it is a beautiful world. It didn't get here by accident. We know by now, right, it didn't evolve this way. What does the Bible say? Romans chapter 1, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. What we're seeing in this world, the trees, the ocean, the mountains, all that we see in the animals is here because an almighty, powerful God moved upon a formless blob. All right? God did all of that. Now, what are you saying this morning? How does that apply to us? Well, the reason it applies to us is our world is much like that world. It is without form. It has no shape until God moves upon it. Yeah. Folks, can I tell you something this morning? Your life will never take shape until you allow God to move upon it. We're thinking, man, I'm just waiting for things to come together. I'm just waiting for my life to align and all of the stars to align. Things will not take shape in your life until you allow God to move upon your life. We're sitting back and we're living a life without form, missing out on what God could do, what God could take of our life and our home and our mind and our ambition. God could do so much more with it than we can. December 24th, 1968, a man by the name of Frank Borman commanded the Apollo 8 capsule that would orbit the moon and on christmas eve as he looked out his window at the planet earth i mean can you imagine that view as he looked upon earth the way most of us will never get to look upon earth at least in this life he took out his bible and while, while all the world listened he read genesis 1 1 and 1 2 
as he looked out the window of the Apollo 8 capsule upon this, this great, beautiful earth, he said, there's no way that happened by accident. In the beginning, God, God took something that was without form. God took something that existed, and he gave it an expectation. That's what God wants to do for us today. You know, there's too many of us this morning, we're like this world in verse number two. We're existing, but we have no expectation. Do you know Why? Because we won't allow God to move in our life. We're without form. Matter of fact, I wanted to prove this scientific-like, okay? I don't want to give you bad, uh, bad reasoning. So I, I went and bought something very scientific. I bought some Play-Doh. Actually, I got my wife to get me some Play-Doh. And the most unbelievable thing happened when I took this Play-Doh and I took it out of the can. It wasn't shaped like an elephant. It wasn't shaped like a house. It wasn't shaped like a car. It was without form. You see, that's the way this earth was. Do you know, look, I want you to keep an eye. You guys on the front row, keep an eye on this for me, okay? You can watch this the entire service, and it's going to be without form. Do you know why? Because I'm not going to let anybody mess with it. And it's going to stay that shapeless void until somebody acts upon it. Now, that's our life today. We're without form. Life has not come into shape yet until God moves upon our life, and it's only then do we have some type of expectation. Number one, notice it existed without expectation. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, we can look at verse number 7, just one page over. Listen to what the Bible says about Adam. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. God formed man out of the dust of the ground. So here's Adam. I don't know what he looked like, but he was formed out of the dirt or out of the dust of the ground. And so here is Adam, virtually a biodegradable shell of a man, kind of like a Play-Doh man sitting there. He's a form. He's just a form. There's no life there. But what does verse 7 say? Verse 7 goes on to say, and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. What was he? He just sat there as a clump of clay, as a clump of dirt. And then when God moved upon his life, he breathed in him and he became a living soul. Can I tell you something? Oftentimes, God knocks on our heart's door and we don't answer it. Do you know why? I don't want God to mess up my life. The truth of the matter is you don't have a life until God gets his hands upon it. And when God gets his hands upon your life, then you become that living soul. Until then, we're dead in our trespasses and sins. Folks, I believe we're living in a world that's a mess right now. And it's a mess because it exists without an expectation because we don't allow God to do what only God could do. You know, that's how I was before I got saved. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ. Every one of us here this morning had a time in our life where we realized we were without Christ. The Bible says, without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Did you hear those two very important words? No hope. Without God, there's no hope. Without God, you have no form, no shape to your life. Without God. But wait a minute. First John 3, 1, the Bible says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. So I went from a lifeless form, a life that had no shape, and now I've been shaped into the sons of God. Why? Because Almighty God got his hands on me. You sit back this morning, you're thinking, I'm just this clump of Play-Doh. 
There's nothing to me. There was nothing to any of us without God. And then God gets his hands upon us. And here's what I love. Watch verse number three. Verse number three, the first two words should be a part of your testimony. The Bible says, and God. And God. Now, I want you to think about this. Before you got saved, before I got saved, we were without form, we were void, and we were in darkness. And God sent his only begotten son to live, to die, and to rise again. And God knocked on my heart's door, and God drew me to him, and God saved my soul when I put my faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did for me. I want you to think about testimonies in heaven today. Uh, In heaven, there is no pride. And so I don't think people are sitting around thinking, who has the best testimony? But boy, if we had pride, we probably would. Imagine Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus says, boy, I was dishonest. Boy, I was the tax collector and all this. And one day, look, I heard Jesus was coming. And I'm sitting up there in that tree. And I'm looking down. Watch this. And God looked up at me. Altered the course of his life. And then here comes Lazarus. Lazarus comes along and says, I think I can top that. One day, I was dead. I mean, come on now. It's like paper, rock, scissors, and he just added the dynamite to it. Blows it out of the water. Lazarus says, I was dead once, and God came along, and all of a sudden, he raised me from the dead. He called me out of the tomb. Can I tell you, if you're saved here this morning, you've got an and God somewhere in your testimony. Listen, you may not have been a drunk, a dope addict. I don't know where you came from, but if you're saved this morning, you had a life that was without form, and you were in darkness, and you were void, and God sent somebody to your door and knocked on your door, and you came to church, and God sent a bus worker to your house to bring you to church, and God sent a co-worker to come over and ask you if you were sure you were going to heaven. Folks, look, thank God this morning that when we were dead in our trespasses and sins in a world without form, that God loved us enough to send somebody and that somebody was Christ to bring us back to him. Look, my life's not all that it could be this morning. You don't want me to sculpt something for you because I have no artistic ability. But it's not what it was. Do you know why? God got his hands on me. The Bible says the earth was without form. It existed, but it had no expectation until God. I think about the woman at the well. She was existing. But what does she have to look forward to? More heartache, more grief, more pain, more trouble, more sin. What happened? Here she is telling the story. I was just sitting there at the well one day. Think about how much of a mess I had made out of my life. Had five husbands. The guy she was living with was not her husband either. Just sitting there, headed down the wrong road. Very little expectation, would you say? And God comes along in the form of his son Christ, comes to her and turns everything around. And all of a sudden, he took a life that was a mess without form and a wreck, and he shaped it into somebody who would bring other people to Christ. Oh, now she has an expectation. Why? Because of God. The other day, I was coming south on Highway 49, and uh, I saw cop cars, blue lights, and all this. It's not something we, we, we don't ever see around here, but I wasn't sure what was going on. I thought it was a wreck. And right there under the William Carey overpass, there was this Chevy Silverado in the northbound lane just stopped, and traffic was just backed up behind the Silverado. 
And I was trying to figure out what was wrong. There was no wreck. There was no, you know, no pieces laying there in the road, no ambulance, nothing like that. Trying to figure out what was going on, this truck holding up all of the traffic. There was a lot of good Christian people behind them that were not very happy, I'm sure. I was not one of them. I was beside them. And then I noticed a sheriff's car behind the Silverado, and the gentleman stepped out, and he had a gas can in his hand, and he's walking toward the truck. Now, I don't know if you know this. Gas is very important to a vehicle. It really is. Don't believe me? Just drive around without getting any. Okay? You'll believe me. Brother Ray preached a message on the gas can the other night. You're going to need one. Now, here was amazing. This was a beautiful Chevy Silverado pickup truck. It had all the bells and whistles, beautiful truck, nice tires, I mean, all the trim package, and yet it was dead in the water. It was not going anywhere. Why? Because it lacked the one thing that it needed. It was without gas. It was going nowhere. And then watch this. Here comes the sheriff. He's walking along with that gas can. And the sheriff brought her what she needed to get on down the road. Now, folks, that's you and I this morning. We sit there without form. Our life has no shape, no rhyme, no reason. We are useless until God comes to us and gives us what we couldn't give ourselves and changes everything. Do you know I went down the highway the same day and that car was gone? What happened? Somebody came to her and brought her what she could not bring herself and got her on her way. Now she has an expectation. I heard a story one time of three professionals that were sitting around trying to decide who had the oldest profession. One was a surgeon, one was an engineer, and the other was a politician. So the surgeon, yes, it's a, sort of a good joke for sure. The surgeon sits around, and he says, I think my profession's the oldest because you go back to the Garden of Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, God took a rib out of Adam to make Eve. So God was a surgeon. So surely being a surgeon is the oldest profession in the world. The engineer pipes up and says, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before he took the, the rib out of Adam... God took all of the chaos that we read about in verse number two. God took all of that chaos and he formed it into a perfect world. Therefore, the oldest profession must be an engineer. Because before the surgeon, there was the engineering of all of this world who took all of this chaos and turned it into a perfect world. And the politician speaks up real quick. He says, whoa, not so fast. He says, who do you think brought about the chaos? It was the politician. He says, so the oldest profession in the world is a politician. Now, folks, aren't you glad we serve a God today who can make something out of chaos? Look, he can give something this morning that just exists, and he can give it an expectation, but it will not happen without God. Verse 2, never forget those five words. The Bible says, and the earth was without. You wonder why we're going through so much heartache? The earth is without. The earth is sitting without. No, God, we got this. No, God, we'll figure it out. We've got politicians. They're going to figure all of this out. God, we don't need your help. That's why we're without form. We're void, and we, to this day, sit in darkness. Can I tell you something? Life will not begin to take shape for you until God. Until God. You sit just like this world without form. Nothing will take shape until God. Now, notice the second thing, if you will. The Bible says in the earth was without form, and then the Bible says, and void. What else does a world without God look like? Well, it's without form. It's interesting when you look at that word without form, it means vain, chaos, and confusion. Vain, chaos, and confusion. Does that look like 2021 or what? It's without form. We're living in vanity, chaos, and confusion. Why? Because we're doing it without God. But what's the second thing? The Bible uses the word void. The word void means blank. 
or emptiness. Now here's what's amazing. God spoke this until existence. And here is this world without form. I don't know what it looked like, but it's without form. It has no shape. And until God moves upon it again, it's going to fulfill no purpose. Now this is important. You gotta get this today. The world without God sits idle and the world without God sits empty. The Bible says it's void, it's blank, and it's empty. That's the second thing we see about a world without God. Number two, notice it's fashioned without fulfillment. It is fashioned without fulfillment. Now, the world as is is useless and empty. Useless and empty. Aren't you glad God didn't stop there? He created it, but he's not done with it. And God's about to take that useless entity that's void and without form, and God's about to do something with it. Here's the amazing truth. The more God worked with it and the more God fashioned it, the more there was fulfillment. Now bring this truth home with you today, if you will. You can fashion all you want, and you can build all you want, but until God gets his hands on it, it's going to be empty and without fulfillment. Amazing, I read this statistic just today, a Gallup poll. It says there are 900 million people in 142 countries who are unfulfilled with what they do in life. In the U.S. alone, there's 70% 70 of people working are unhappy and don't care for what they do. Millennials are the most unfulfilled and care least about what they do at their work. Do you know what that article says? There's a void. There's a void. You say, wait a minute. Look at the world we're living in. We have skyscrapers. We have airplanes. I mean, we have unmanned floor cleaners in America. They drive around without anybody to drive on them. And this beautiful, wonderful society, and yet all that we have fashioned cannot bring us fulfillment. Do you know why? Because we're an earth that is without. We're doing it without God. John chapter 3, why did Nicodemus, the Pharisee, come by night to see Jesus? He had religion. He had morals. Why did he come by night? I believe he had a void. He had a void. I mean, you look at Nicodemus. I'm sure, look, I'm sure he was a good man. I'm sure he was a knowledgeable man. I'm sure he was a man probably many of us would go to for advice. And yet he comes to Christ. Why? There was a void. There was something that wasn't fulfilling him. Can I tell you, religion will not fulfill you this morning. Your good works will not fulfill you. They may make you feel good and warm and fuzzy just for a little while. They're not going to fulfill you. What does fulfill mean? It means feel full. Feel full. Can I ask you this morning, why did the prodigal come home? Why did the prodigal come home? If that world and the far country and the riotous life that he was living, if that brings you fulfillment, why did he come home? Because he went out into the world, he spent his substance on riotous living, and it didn't bring fulfillment. And when he comes before his dad, he says, I'm not worthy. He says, make me as one of thy hired servants. Can I tell you what he was saying? Father, there's a void. There's a void. I've never met a young person, a husband or a wife, who hasn't stepped out into the world to chase the bright lights of the far country who's come back to me and says, it was worth every minute. I've never met one. 
More times than not, if they survive the journey into the far country, they come back, they sit at my house, they talk over the phone, they sit in my office, and they say, there's nothing to it. You know what they're saying? There's a void. It's empty. I thought if I filled my heart and my life with all of that, it would bring me fulfillment, and it's gone. Why did Judas throw the money back? He says, you know what? I can afford to live without God because I'm going to get this 30 pieces of silver. He thought, you know what? I can afford it. And yet he comes back and he throws the money back. He says, it didn't do for me what I thought would do for me. What is he saying? There's a void. Now, folks, we've got to get this this morning. You can fashion all that you want in this life and build your kingdom and build your bank account, but it will never bring the fulfillment that only God can. We've got too many people this morning. I'm talking about safe people. We're chasing the shadows of the world only to end up empty-handed, and we're training our children to do the same thing. We're setting their, light, their eyes on the lights of the far country. I think I've told you the story of Henry Martin before, amazing story. He was a distinguished scholar of Cambridge University. At 20 years old, he had uh, received the highest uh, degree you could in mathematics and yet, the story goes on to say he had no fulfillment in all of his achievements. Here's what he said. He says, I have an emptiness, and I fear I've only grasped at a shadow. He had pursued acclaim. He had uh, pursued notoriety. He had pursued knowledge, and he had reached the highest of the highs. And he says, I fear I've only grasped a shadow. Later on, Henry Martin would sail to India as a missionary at the age of 24. As a 24-year-old young man on the mission field in India, he says, Lord, let me burn out for you. Let me burn out for you. Seven years later, he would die of malaria. Can I tell you, when Henry Martin died, he did not die with a void. He died with fulfillment. Why? Because he decided, you know what? That life without God doesn't bring me anything, but oh, the life with God has brought me everything. The missionary Jim Elliot, what did he say? He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. So many of us this morning are looking for fulfillment, and can I tell you this? You'll never fashion it. You'll never create what only God can bring to you. I preached out of just the other day, Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. The Bible says you sow much and bring in little. You feel like you're working, 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 and you look at your bank account and it's no bigger? Man, you say, I'm working my fingers to the bone only to write that check to the tax man so that you can pay the guy not to ride the floor cleaner at Walmart? You ever feel like that? I, feel like I wrote out my tax check the other day, and I'm thinking, well, I hope he enjoys it, you know. I wonder if you get a blessing for that. You know, I was a blessing to someone in writing my tax check. I hope they get a blessing out of it, you know. Maybe I'll get another crown in heaven, I hope. And the Bible says in Haggai, these people are working their fingers to the bone, and you, you work much and you bring in little. The Bible goes on to say in, in verse number 6, it says you earn wages and put it into a bag with holes. You work, work, work. You're trying to fashion something, but what you fashion never brings you fulfillment. Why? You're doing it without God. You're doing it without God. Verse 2, and the earth was without. Many of you have heard of Howard Hughes. At the time of his death, was worth $2.5 billion, richest man in the United States. He owned his own private fleet of jets, yachts, homes in several foreign countries. 
And yet when Howard Hughes died, no one would come to claim his body except for a distant cousin. He died a drug addict. When the cousin came to, find, to pick up his body, he weighed only 90 pounds. Six foot four, 90 pounds. When the husband, when, when the cousin got to the funeral home to claim his body, he's quoted as saying, is this Mr. Hughes? Is this Mr. Hughes? The great billionaire who had amassed all of this wealth and all of these possessions, and yet the last 15 years of his life, he died addicted to drugs and wasted away just to 90 pounds. Can I tell you what he was chasing? Fulfillment. Every time Howard Hughes would take that needle and inject it in his arm, he thought maybe what he was injecting in his arm was going to fill the void. It never would. All of the money that he amassed, he thought, maybe that will fill the void. There's a void in my world. It's without form and it's void. Maybe all of this will fill that void. And he died a pauper spiritually. Why? Because he had done all of it without God. Number two, a world without God, it's fashioned without fulfillment. Can I beg you this morning, please, do not build a life and try to fashion something yourself without God. It will never bring Fulfillment. Ask Solomon, Brother Ray mentioned it the other night. What did he say? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, he went to get all that he could and some. At the end of the story, he said, It's all vanity. It's all vanity. Vexation of spirit. It wasn't good. It wasn't what I was looking for. Why? Because he did it without God. This morning, I'll give you the last thing in just a moment. I was thinking about Moses' staff. Have you ever thought about Moses' staff? How many times in Scripture Moses' staff is mentioned? Now, you think about what kind of staff it was. Was it a golden staff? Did it have jewels? No, it was just a stick. It was just a stick. And yet we see the tool was used in Exodus. We know it became a snake. Moses used it to call upon the plagues. He used it there at the Red Sea. He used it to strike the rock. And he used it against the Malachites. Now, I want you to think about that stick this morning. I don't think there's anything special about the stick except for the fact that God wanted to use it. It was just a stick. You ever feel like a stick? I'm just plain, ordinary, not flashy. I'm just, look, I'm valueless. Oh, yes, listen, we are valueless of ourselves, but in the hand of God, oh, my soul, what could God do? God could use us, and God could hold us up so the Red Sea could part. God could use us to get the water out of the rock, but we can't do it without God. We sit around and we whine and complain about all that we're not. Listen, go ahead and accept the fact that we are not without God. But through Christ, what can we do? All things. All things. Number two, a world without God. It's fashion without fulfillment. And finally, look at verse two. The Bible says the earth was without form. The Bible says it's void. And now it says it is darkness. What does that mean? It means without God, it's not going to accomplish anything. And now... It sits in darkness. Now, we think about darkness, we think about, you know, somebody turning the lights off. This darkness here is a deep darkness. You look up the words, and it means an encompassing, immobilizing place. I'll give you a prime example. Last night, I guess about 11, 11.30, I was studying, and I left some of my notes in my office. So I decided to come up here and get them about 11.30. And um, I may have been in pajama pants and a T-shirt, so I didn't turn all the lights on. You know, Brother Nate likes to watch the security cameras and get blackmail footage against everybody. It's happened. I won't call any names, Miss Gretchen, but it's happened. 
If we win the money, we'll share it with you. And so I come up here. Miley came with me. She's my security guard, you know. I want to make sure Dad's protected, so Miley comes with me. And, and so I didn't want to turn all the lights on because, you know, I didn't want Brother Nate to see me in my sweatpants and T-shirt and hoodie walking around with my 9 millimeter. Like I said, there's some weirdos, you know, after 10 o'clock around these areas. So I'm walking in, here's Miley following me. I run into the chair in my office. I run into the desk in my office. I stub my toe in my office. We finally got to the place where me and Miley's like, don't move. If we don't move, we're not going to break something. We're not going to hurt each other trying to walk in this darkness. Finally, I decided, okay, forget it. I'm going to turn the light on my cell phone. And when I turned the light on my cell phone, I was able to get out and able to find what I needed and get home before, as far as I know, anybody saw me. But it was so dark in there, I could not move. I could not see what I was looking for. I could not find what I came for. I was in a desperate situation. It was so dark trying to find what I was looking for. That was this world. The Bible says they were without form. They were void and then darkness. Number three, a world without God is desperate without discovery. It's desperate without discovery. What does that mean? It means we're doomed, we're immobilized in darkness until God moves. You know, the Bible says that about us in the book of Isaiah. When he sent Christ, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Before we got saved, that was you and I. We sat immobilized in darkness. We could not find our way. You know, you can feel around enough and usually find your way. This darkness, you're not finding your way out. The only way we're getting out of this darkness is when God steps in, sends his only son to be the light that leads us out of the trouble that we're in. Now, can I tell you why our world, like this world, still sits in darkness? Because we're doing it without God. 1 John 1 gives us the answer in verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Do you know why it's so dark? Because it's so without God. Times get dark and times get tough. It's just evidence. The more and more without God we're getting. We're without form. We're void. We have no fulfillment. We're not going to accomplish anything. And we sit in darkness, never discovering what we're looking for because we're trying it without God. You know the song we sing all the time? The song says, without him, without him, I could do what? Nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I'd be drifting like a ship without a sail. There's America this morning. We're in the trouble we're in. We're in the darkness we're in. We're immobilized by it. It surrounds us. Why? Because we're trying it without God. Verse 2 is the testimony of America. And the earth was without. Can I tell you this morning, without God, you're desperate. You're desperate. You're not going to discover what you're looking for. You're not going to get out of what you're in. You'll never become what you could without God. You're sitting in darkness, and you're going to sit in darkness without discovering what God would freely give you with him. So this morning, can I ask you about your world? Are you living in a world without God? Are you living in a world to where you exist, but you have no expectation? The sad thing is there's a lot of Christians living that way today. We exist, but that's about it. 
or here, and that's about it. You could have an expectation. Proverbs chapter 10, the Bible says, The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. You have no expectation before God. Maybe this morning you're here in your fashion, but you're not finding fulfillment. Why? You're doing it without God. You're doing it without God. Or finally this morning, maybe you're desperate. You've yet to discover what only you can find with God. So here's my question, and we're going to close. Are you willing to risk a world without God? Are you willing to live a life, have a home, raise your children, live in this nation without God? You're saying, well, I'll tell you what. The next time we have an election come around, we're going to vote God back in. He's not on the ballot. You vote God back in this nation by deciding you're not going to do without God in your home. You vote God back into this nation by deciding you're not going to live without God in your life. Listen, we bring God back into this nation. We find form. We find fulfillment. Listen, we find what we're looking for only with God, and we quit doing things without God. Now, we wonder why we're in the mess we're in. We're in a mess because the earth is without. Because God's people, so often we say, we got it. Hands off. Oh, your life could take shape this morning. It could become something with God. You could find fulfillment this morning with God. You don't have to have a void. You can have something to fill you up and fill you up for good. That springs of living water. Listen, you'll never have to go again. And you could discover what you're missing, but only with God. So this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed, let's stand to our feet. I want to ask you a question. Does your world resemble this world?